The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome into another edition of our Arrowhead Pride interview series. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. I'm joined by my counterpart today of SilverAndBlackPride.com, Bill Williamson. Bill, welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Hey, Pete, thanks for having me. I always enjoy this kind of stuff. So here we go. It's Sunday Night Football. It is yeah. a major surround, a major game in the AFC West in a suddenly open conference, really, with yeah. all the teams losing and winning and whatnot. Let's start here. And I, I want to cast a wide net right now because we know about what the month has been for this Raiders franchise. Yeah. Where do you think everything sort of stands heading into what is a key game for both sides here? Well, you know, that's that's an interesting question, a question really not going to be able to answer until after the game. This is yeah. a crossroad game for the Raiders. It really is. Because if you look at the last two years, they started fast and really nosedived hard in 2019 and 2020. Yep. And, you know, last year, questions about it when they were, you know, right about this point and Derek Carr's like, you know, I talked to Mike Mayock and we're a different team this year. No, you're not. You're the same thing. You do the same thing. So this year, I think after what happened against the Giants, I think it, they may be wondering, okay, is this mm-hmm. is this the start of it? I think that's more the fans because I think the Raiders themselves, everybody in the building is more just focused on what they've been through. So I don't know if they're they're quite worrying about are we doing it again? But if if they lose to the Chiefs, that can seep in because they'll go from five and two to five and four and go, oh, here we go again. So, but on the flip side, if they win, they'll be six and three, have a nice lead on the Chiefs, um, be right in the thick of it in the division, be right in the thick of it in the conference, and say, okay, that that Giants loss was a blip. It happens all the time. Look what happened to Buffalo last week against Jaguars. We're fine. Again, and then they can circle the wagons and say, you know, we're so proud of ourselves that we've made it through what's going on with, you know, the Mm -hmm. group and the the Rogues and Arnett, and they should be proud of themselves, you know. So, again, I I, I just go back to a a crossroads game, and we'll learn so much about the Raiders Sunday night. Bill, you mentioned that loss to the Giants. This is a team, the Chiefs were able to beat probably a closer game than they would have liked. The Raiders end up losing 23 to 16. You watched this team very closely. What went wrong in that game? 
It was the classic, you know, the built you make a recipe for an upset loss. Mm. That's that's what it was. It was, you know, three turnovers by the quarterback, including a pick six. Um, the the Raiders remarkably were the last team in the NFL not to lose a fumble this year. Um, they they recovered the first nine fumbles they had. That's not throwing interception is, is part of the deal. Getting a fumble is luck, right? Yeah. So it was going to catch. I mean, the ball all season just went <laughs> right to them, including a Hunter Renfro uh, fumble muff uh, punt on his own five earlier in that game. And I'm like, this is going to end soon. Right. This is going to end badly. And the gods are going to say enough of this. And sure enough, the Raiders are in the red zone with 50 seconds left. Down by seven, Carr gets stripped fumble. Carr, who leads the NFL in fumbles with 32 since he joined the league in 2014, loses the fumble, and it went right to the Giants game over. Um, the Raiders missed a 25-yard field goal, the shortest mm. missed field goal in the NFL this year. The Giants completed passes on third and nine, third and eight, and third and seven in the second half. That's how they lost. All these, right. you know, this big blunders by the by the football team. Yeah, it sounds like one and six in the red zone. Yeah, it sounded kind of like what Josh Allen said after the loss to the Jaguars. It seems like a lot of little things turned into big things for the Raiders, and they were were upset there. But uh, upsets do happen. I mean, we see them each and every week in the NFL, and I'm sure they're refocused for the Sunday night football game. We'll get into a little bit more about the game. I want to open it up with injuries. Are there any injuries that you're watching this week in in Las Vegas that that could have an impact on this game? You know, I should be careful starting this because I've written that, hey, the Raiders are super healthy for this point of the year. And the fans are, what are you talking about? We got this guy in the arc. <laughs> the 53-man roster of the Las Vegas Raiders is remarkably healthy. They okay. had all healthy scratches in week nine. That's remarkable, right? Yes. Not yeah, one player was wild. in. And, and, and this week, they put Darius Phylon on the injury reserve after he got hurt. He's a backup. And there's just two players that's missed Wednesday and Thursday this week, and they're both backups. So the starting 22 is still completely healthy for the Raiders at this point. That's a pretty nice advantage going into week 10. Bill, I know that tight end Darren Waller got a veteran day on Wednesday, which was just rest, right? They're yeah, just resting. He's, sure he's ready for this game. Why has the team and, and Derek Carr struggled to get him a little bit more involved lately this seemed to always be a player over the years who has been a key to the offense but a little bit less in this year what, what do you think has been the issue well they you know they went to him a ton of times in week one against uh, Baltimore and it, it since then it's been a little tighter and you know he's still productive he still comes up with big plays but yeah it hasn't been as much as they want to um I think you know I think it's just like identity on the passing game, the Raiders have a really interesting passing game and the before with rugs and after rugs is that they're more of an ensemble piece. You know, there's okay. no true number one. The Waller's your number one passing weapon, but he's a tight end. Hunter Renfro is a really good slot receiver. But other than that, they just it's just a mixed bag. And it's worked well for them because it's really hard for defenses to figure out who they're going to, especially as the game wears on, especially as yeah. people get tired. Like Brian Edwards, a starting uh, wide receiver, he didn't have any catches against the Giants. I think he has 18 catches this year in 
eight games, that's not very good, right? Um, but he's come up really big in the fourth quarter and in overtime. So that's been kind of his time. But on the flip side, there's three quarters of eight games where he's not doing anything. Um, Ruggs, you know, a lot of people were excited about Ruggs because he, he wasn't good as a rookie. He came in, he's put some nice, he put some nice numbers up when he was playing, but it was nothing to validate the number 12 overall pick. He was a right. He was a uh, a luxury guy, a field stretcher who could really burn a team, an opponent, eight, nine times a year and really help the Raiders. But he wasn't a true number one. But they missed that. He was part of – they missed that I against remember. the Giants. It was very glaring that, that he wasn't on the field. That's why they signed Deshaun J- Jackson. The right. Raiders agreed to terms with this guy one hour after they lost to the Giants. When was the last time you've seen a veteran sign <laughs> with a team before the team, everybody was showered after the last the, game? The interesting thing about Ruggs, is, and, and you probably remember, remember this, when he was drafted, a lot of people quickly turned to Kansas City and they were saying, well, Oakland slash Vegas finally got what is their uh, Tyreek Hill type Certainly. of guy that could take the top off. And and you're right. So now you get Deshaun Jackson in the mix and he seems like he's hungry. And, and so it quite directly is to fill that rugs role that they were missing against the giants to, in your estimation then. Correct? Yes. And it's not going to be as much because he's, he's not going to start like rugs started. He's right. going to be when he's on the field, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know, he's 34 years old. He has eight. He had eight catches this year, but the thing is, he had twenty-seven point six yards per catch. Mm. So he was still dangerous in a very limited role with the Rams. But I just look at and if and if he finishes, if he's a stud for the Raiders, I'll say hey, I didn't expect it. You know, like Darren Waller would sign on the practice squad. You're not having any expectations, and he became one of the greater stories in the league the last couple of years. So anything's possible. But if you look at Jackson's Recent history, 33 total catches since the t- start of 2019. Eight right. catches this year. Three three weeks away from turning 35. So I don't know if the Raiders can expect miracles from him. Maybe now, it'll happen. But. What, I, what I find interesting from afar is that it really looks like when Renfro is on the field, he is highly effective but his snap count doesn't really seem to – correct me if I'm wrong here. It stays within 60 to 70%. Do you think now – where you lose rugs, maybe you get Renfro a little bit more involved in the offense. That, that didn't change against the Giants. I, I think there's limitations there with him because he's slight and you know, yeah. and, and he's in. You know, he's not going to be. He's in a field. He's on the field in certain situations, and he's come through. You know, the the whole thing is third and Renfro, and he yeah. is <laughs> he's that guy on third down. He really is. Um, and Renfro and. Renfro and Waller is really where it begins for Derek Carr in the passing game. Okay. I, I want to switch to the defensive side. The pass rush has been really good this year, more yeah. than 20 sacks. What do you think has led to some of the success there? I just think it's the combination of Max Crosby really coming into his own. Okay. And um and, and Ngoa, Yannick Nagagwe. Um Really, you know, the, the knock on him and the knock on him from inside the Raiders uh, building from who I saw him do a couple weeks from free agency is like, I don't know if we should go after this guy because his motor's not always on. And are we going to pay him? You know, and that wasn't the person who told me that wasn't the main decision maker, mm. but it's certainly a voice. And, you know, um, his motor's been on all year. 
<laughs> you know, and he and right. the thing that was really shrewd of the Raiders when they signed him, and this is a guy on his you know fourth team in less than two years. Yeah. That's a, that's kind of a warning sign, is that they gave him a two year deal, thirteen million twenty six and a half, I think it was for two years, nice solid money. But they're also allowing him, him to go to free agency at twenty eight, so they're still motivating him. He has to keep his motor on, and you really. I haven't seen – this is the first year I'm closely watching it. I haven't seen a guy who looks un, uninterested. He looks totally all in on the Raiders, mm-hmm. and it's helping. And I think a really interesting thing about Max Crosby, I think I saw a stat last year where he played almost every snap, more than almost any defensive end, and it wore on him. You know, it really wore on him. He had two major surgeries, one on his shoulder, I think one on the leg, right after the year. And he just wasn't that effective at the end of last year. But this year, uh, Gus Bradley, the, the defensive coordinator, he's starting to limit his uh, his snaps. And he's on the field for like 70%. And that's been the way for the last five games or so. And early, he was 90-plus. Wow. But, so, but he but his, um, his production is not waning at all. He's almost making an impact almost every play he's on the field. And uh, it, it, you know, Carl Nassib is having a nice season as a rotational guy, and that helps. Cleveland Farrell not not doing much, but they're still deeper than they were. And I think it's the combination of Max being fresh and Yannick being motivated, and they're really one of the best pat, consistent pass rushing teams in the league. And that, and that's a complete difference from last year. Yeah, it'll definitely be a challenge against the Chiefs' offensive line. Right now, the Chiefs are dealing with injuries to their first and second string right tackles. So whoever lines up at right tackle this week, whether it be Andrew Wiley, I think it's a long shot, but who knows? It might be Kyle Long. That'll be a point to watch in this game. I think that might be be a key. Talking with Bill Williamson of Silver and Black Pride. A couple more questions, Bill. As far as lesser-known names, could you provide one on defense and one on offense and maybe Chiefs fans or the casual fan wouldn't know that could play a role in, in how this game turns out? Yeah, um, you know, I think – I don't know about lesser-known because, you know, who's to say lesser-known? But I think right. interesting, unexpected sure. is Denzel Perryman, a linebacker. This guy was banged up with the Chargers. He was a quality player. He went to – Carolina as a free agent this year hadn't got a very meager contract. The Raiders show no public interest in him, but the Raiders had a couple injuries in late in preseason and they traded for him to the Panthers. And if the Panthers traded a guy, they signed a free agency five days before 53 man roster, they were going to cut this guy. Hmm. Right. And it was more just a desperation move. He played with Bradley and the chargers. Well, anyways, he comes to Las Vegas He's getting 10 plus tackles a game and not leaving the field. He's been the leader of this defense, you know, behind Max and, and, and Yannick. So I think he's a guy to watch. Nate Hobbs, fifth round pick from Illinois, um, is a guy who, you know, is a, they, you know, he's a pro football focused darling. Um, he was that way in the preseason and he's getting a lot of love as a, as a slot guy this year. So mm-hmm. those are two guys. Offensively, you know, center Andre James had his best rated game by pro football focus 
this year, uh, this week, and he started very slowly. He's made some bad snaps, getting beat. He's really gotten more comfortable. And the Raiders had probably their best, most productive game on the ground this this last week. And I think that could be a real key to the Chiefs game, is you know, because the Chiefs can be moved on right on, on, right. In the, on the ground. We we saw some shootouts last year between these two teams how do you think this first one goes in 2021 maybe a little lighter than you know 42 40 to 32 and 35 to 31 yeah but i think it's going to be in that range i think it's going to be a really entertaining game for you know the sunday night masses i think it's a pretty good matchup i think two similar teams um and yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a close. They're both last possession games, and I think this is yep. going to be it. It might be in the. It might be more 27-24, but I think it's going to be in that range. I think it's been good. The Raiders have picked up their game as of late, especially when they were playing the Chiefs, and it seems like the rivalry does have some juice again. Thank you to Bill Williamson for the insight. You can catch him on Twitter, B Williamson NFL. Uh, on again on Twitter and then silverandblackpride.com if you want to see the other side of it heading into Sunday night football 7:20 p.m. Bill, thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead right, Pride please. Podcast Network. Thank you. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.